If you're still confused about what to eat and not getting the results you thought you'd get by going organic, go to nutritionheretic.com and download the shit list of seven health foods to avoid like the plague for free. The shit list details what health food companies want you to believe about the crap they peddle and why the real foods they're meant to replace are far better. Stop letting big health food dump all over you and download the shit list today. Fat is bad for you. I just pop a pill and I'm fine. Meat is murder. <laughs> it's time for bad food punishment. It's time for real nourishment. It's time for the nutrition heretic. The following program is provided as information only and may not be construed as medical or health advice. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease. No action or inaction should be taken solely on the basis of the information provided here. Please consult with a licensed healthcare professional or doctor on any matter relating to your health and well-being. We're we're rounding out our time. We're we're at about mm -hmm. thirty eight minutes here, and I could yeah. talk to you all day, as you know. Uh, but yeah. before we go, tell us what are some of your favorite foods now that maybe you had forgotten about, or maybe just things that you're trying for the first time. Uh, well, a good example. I made um, chestnut spread, chestnut chocolate spread today, first time in my life. So basically, I was eating uh, pancakes uh, last week with my sister, and they all got, you know, Nutella and spread it on, and I was eating my marmalade that mm -hmm. I made. So I kind of got the idea, well, maybe I could make, you know, a version of it, but without the Right, because and... Nutella tastes just like pure sugar. Yeah, I don't know totally. what what flavor is it supposed to be? Chocolate is that what it's supposed to be? Chocolate uh, hazelnut or something? Ch yeah, chocolate hazelnut. Okay, because yeah. it tastes like sugar. I I can't taste yeah. chocolate nor can I taste hazelnut. In there. Uh, it's 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 very uh, dependable on where you get it because it's mm. not made uh, the same for uh, for all different the markets. You know? Yeah, yeah, different markets, different rules. For example, the American versions of anything have a lot more sugar than sure. uh, the european and you know if you come to a supermarket in the u.s the first thing you smell is sugar sugar yeah like literally you walk in the door and it's it's like somebody just like walloped you in the face with sugar mm. with a bag of sugar because yeah. that's all you can smell yeah so to get back uh on the topic well more or less the the main 
I, I, I couldn't say that I have a favorite food, you know, they're all favorite. If they taste good, they're my favorite. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, let's say I, I could I could say it like this. So there are foods that I cannot almost live without. Not that right. it's that important, but I'm used to consuming that that much. For example, my typical breakfast looks like this. Um I fry four eggs. Four? Okay. Yeah, four eggs. Every morning. <laughs> You're a growing boy. Five. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes it's even five. Wow. And uh, I do have a couple of slices of ham. Mm -hmm. um, no ham. Um, bacon? Sorry, bacon, right. Bacon. And I have a large amount of sauerkraut. Mm. And I have uh, garlic, around, you know, two pieces of garlic. Okay. And sometimes there's bread. Uh, I, it used to be dark bread because I baked my own nice. before, but now I don't have as much time to do it. So I generally avoid bread or use just a little bit. Right. And a big uh, cup of raw milk. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes if I don't have milk that day, I drink uh, a big cup of bone broth, which I drink every day anyway. So That's awesome. Yeah, that's my morning routine. And then for lunch, it's usually something cooked with vegetables and meat. And for uh, during the day, of course, uh, fruit and anything else I can find to snack on. And uh, in the evening, you know, I just go, I, I just go freestyle on the fridge. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so your, your main meal is still lunch. Yes. Where you yes. are. And so so in the evening, you're having more like supper, like what we would call supper. Uh, kind of. Um, you know, where it's not, necess not necessarily even something cooked. It's sometimes it's like for, for us, um, depending on, you know, how busy the schedule is. But yeah, sometimes our, you know, dinners end up being kind of uh, like a salad with, you know, maybe mm. some tuna thrown in or, um, you know, actually I just got cauliflower today so i might make an omelet for dinner you know with mm. some like a cauliflower right. omelet um with lots of garlic in there for dinner um yeah we kind of there were, yeah there were a couple of weeks there where we were just all so busy even though i yeah i was feeding the kids like a, a real lunch but uh i was not eating enough lunch but by the end of the day i you know, i've been driving around so much it was really we were really just assembling leftovers so one night it was mm. just some you know, some gourmet cheese and uh, dried fruit and, you know, salad vegetables. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it accomplished, it accomplished, uh, you the know, task. The, the task. And then we all got to sit around and chat while we ate as opposed to some, sometimes the, it, it just those little changes in routine kind of open up different opportunities to interact with the family as well. And oh, so. yeah, definitely. I, I think that uh, having uh, lunch or breakfast or dinner as well together means a lot, you know. Oh, yeah. It the, yeah, it, it makes a real difference. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because uh, my older girl, she's 14 and she's getting to the age where, you know, her friends are coming over for sleepovers and stuff. And a lot of them, they leave and they're like, wow, it's like eating at a restaurant at your house. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, you know, somebody's got to set the table and like we're, we're very, we're trying, I'm trying to maintain some semblance of ritual. Mm. Um, and 
And I think it's paying off for the most part, you know, like except for last night when my daughter took two hours, my little one took two hours to eat her dinner for some bizarre reason. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, overall, I think it's it's good for, you know, family time, you know, and some people say it doesn't matter what you feed, but it's like, yeah, no, it kind of does. You know, (laughs) I mean, it does. You know, it is good to have have you guys have the family together regardless. But uh, at the same time, you know. Let's not totally discount the value of of putting an actual meal in front of the family. And I agree because if I didn't cook, uh, by the way, I cook almost every day because I really like to cook. I love it. If I didn't cook, then my wife probably wouldn't get a decent meal in the whole day. So, you know, she's the total opposite of me. Uh, Give me chocolate, give me chips, give me anything. And at some bizarre point, twist of you know common sense uh when she doesn't eat she gets sick so i I cannot understand it it's like her body needs that you know because it's used to getting all that stuff and when it doesn't get it gets sick well you know what it is uh i don't know specifically for her but i do know that quite often what happens i learned this through a lot of the testing that i used to run on clients uh, which is that sometimes a body is too unhealthy to mount a defense. Mm. So when you give the body the nutrients that it needs, it can tell you what's wrong with it. But yeah. it, so it's, it's almost like a purging of the disease that's stuck in there. And that's why when you, uh, see a lot of people who have cancer, uh, will up until the moment they get cancer, and sometimes even while they have the cancer, they'll they'll brag about how they've never been sick. Well, I don't get mm. sick. I never get sick. I never get yeah. But you got cancer. Yeah. And you know the basically what happens is that their body is too sick to be able to defend itself. So mm. you know this is you see this a lot with children who are just chronically, you know they you can look like if you know what the the external signs are to look for disease you you see that these kids are totally unhealthy and their parents will say well they're they're perfectly fine they never get sick it's like what this you know the child has bags under their eyes their ears stick out their teeth are falling out like you know they've got dry hair they've got all of these signs of dysfunction Mm -hmm. and and then the parents go well she never gets sick so she must be fine you know she's totally healthy um but, you know, and then actually then there's the other side where they may have something like asthma or, um, you know, rashes. And those are not being categorized as sick because it's not a cold or a flu. Uh, so there's there's also a lot of that, at least in, in the U.S. that goes on. But, yeah, you know, the, there is something to be said for putting in enough nutrients that your body knows how to escort disease out when yeah, it gets and- and with it, you know, uh, not introducing foods that don't do any good to you as well. Right. Yeah. Right. But that, that because- happened to me, actually, when I was uh, recovering. Sorry to cut you off. But when I was recovering from, you know, my lifetime of eating a lot of processed stuff, uh, there was like it was in November, as a matter of fact. And yeah, I was sick twice during that month, once with a cold and once with a flu. And, you know, up until I would always just like so many people, oh, I don't get sick. You know, maybe I get sick once a year. 
Uh, and once I started to heal, my body just had all of this disease that was stuck in there mm. and it just flushed it out. So I was, I was pretty much sick for the entire time because I refused to take any medications. I just wanted my body to, to, to be able to purge everything without, uh, trying to get rid of the symptoms. Yeah, naturally. Right. And just let the body do what it needed to do. And so I spent probably about three and a half weeks <laughs> like laying on my couch trying to get better. Mm. But, it, you know, since then, I I have gone I did go through a very stressful period where I was getting sick, like almost once a quarter, like, you know, four times a year. Uh, but other than that, uh, you know, particularly um, stressful period in, in my life, uh yeah, I've I've really been able to keep the constant colds and stuff at bay. Yeah, that's cool. I also uh, experienced such improvements uh, in my overall health because, as I mentioned before, I did have the occasional annual flu, you know, that right. was like kind of mandatory. Uh, since I started with the regimen, so with the changed diet, mm-hmm. and especially since I started with my cold shower routine and the breathing exercises, uh, I am now one year without any uh, any cold, mm-hmm. any flu, and any viral, uh, in, because we have uh, a lot of viruses here. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that really started to happen a lot in the last few years. It wasn't as common as before. Mm-hmm. But now it's, you know, every two months, two to three months, especially when there's a ve- a changing weather, you know, yeah. uh, people just get these, uh, I call it the weekend viruses. You know? Right, the weekend virus. they, they They get very high temperatures and they either vomit or get uh, diarrhea, mm-hmm. and it's like feeling hell for two days, maybe eventually three, and right. after that, it's like ne- nothing happened, you know? Right. And uh, I did experience one such uh, virus uh, around the same time last year. Mm-hmm. And I did end up uh, in the ER. Oh, wow. I got a IV because mm. uh, I was, you know, puking. Losing a lot of fluids. Yeah. yeah, a lot of fluids. And whatever I did put in myself, I just had to go and flush it out because right. I was so sick. And after that, you know, I started with the cold shower regimen. Mm. And I must say that not, all, uh, not only my uh, immune system improved a lot so my family gets sick and i don't anymore right so right. i'm the i'm kind of the untouchable right now so yeah it, it, it it's not going into my favor when everybody's sick and you have to care about yeah you take care of everyone you know <laughs> but at least one person has to stay you know healthy right and uh, not only that but uh, a lot of other health improvements uh, happened so for example my circulation got a lot better and i can tolerate cold a lot you know much much better than i used to before right and another example uh, you mentioned you know the visible signs of a person that has you know th- there's something not quite right with yes. her 
So I had acne for a long time. Mm. It started when I hit puberty. Right. And back then we were often eating, uh, you know, canned stuff with yeah. vegetable oils. Totally. And we we often eat uh, ate uh, canned tuna, which was, you know, loaded with sunflower oil. Right. And maybe sometimes it was rapeseed oil. Right. And I I, I noticed that. In the last few years, it became popular to have uh, soy oil in it. Yes. And I did battle with acne for a long, long time, even after the puberty ended because I have very oily skin. Right. And I never attributed to the diet that I ate. Yeah. And I can proudly say that now, after almost, it'll be in the next year, uh, in July, it will be two years since I started uh, with this new regiment. I can say now that my skin has cleared up ninety five percent. I Whoa. get maybe, I get maybe five percent, you know, acne here and there, but it's just a uh, extreme, you know, right. uh, situation. I had a lot of blackheads, so these blackheads would uh, then infect. Yeah, and they would just become these under skin. Uh, I'm not sure how you say it, but it's you know those that are under skin, uh, the pim- pimples, pimples, yeah, yeah, that that hurt a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, and so- they're usually they they're hard usually, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and they and they hurt a lot to you know to get it out. Yeah. Sometimes it would uh, form big, big, big white uh, pimples yes. that would be like a lot of pus in it, and right. it was like really gross Mm. (laughs) yeah mm, yummy and i'm so happy and glad to say that i'm over with this so it's done and my skin has really cleared up pretty well yeah and another thing that i'm really happy about are my teeth Ah. because i'm i did Take a lot of care of my teeth. I, okay, I, I have to admit, I did slack off at certain periods in my life, but I always, you know, try to keep them, at least when I go to bed, you know, I, I, I would at least brush them before bed. Right. And despite all of that, me brushing and, you know, using toothpaste and everything, uh, they deteriorated. And yeah. I had... And I still have a lot of cavities that formed. And I'm not sure when it happened or why, uh, because I really did take good care of them. Yes. And it was only after I saw the article on the Nutrition Heretic uh, page about fluoride that I started thinking about it and that I dared to just go and stop using commercial toothpaste right and i started with the basic coconut oil and uh, um, baking soda yeah baking soda and mint essential oil and uh, within a month of using it uh my cold sensitivity was gone my uh hot heat sensitivity was gone was gone and my sugar sensitivity was gone because Before uh, before that, every time I put something sweet in my mouth, it hurt. Wow. And cold and hot. It did hurt a lot. Right. And after a month of using 
this stuff it helped me a lot and i was really happy with that but i knew i had you know cavities and uh that i will have to go and get them fixed mm-hmm. and th- and that was a big problem for me right. because i have a big fear of dentists and and re- and for good reason <laughs> yes for very good reason well it was kind of you know another tragic story of my youth i have them plenty <laughs> So we had this really awful dentist. It was a woman. I don't know how old she was, but she was really big, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't think she was very happy in her life. I, I believe she was very frustrated and she took that frustration on her patients. Mm. So, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. When we, so I think they wrote an I opera about that. <laughs> yeah. I was just a kid. You know, and I remember that I went one time to get my teeth done because it needed drilling. Mm-hmm. It was it had a cavity and it hurt me really, you know, it's really bad. And I told her that it hurts me and she just, you know, put that drill in and oh, what's that for you? Come on, be a man. You right, know? right. She just kept shoving it in and it really hurt. You know, I didn't get any anesthesia, you know, nothing. Wow. And from that point on, I think the last time that I was seeing my dentist, and I must say this, so she did a really bad job at it because uh, she used, when uh, when she pulled one of my baby teeth out, it was really rotten. Right. And she used hot uh, tools. And as I've been informed, the tools must be cold. For some reason. And the two just splintered. And there were fractions of it Mm. left. So the other two that was coming, you know, from the inside uh, grew with uh, these pieces sticking from the side. And it really was a lot of, it wasn't painful, but it irritated me. Yeah, and it started to corrupt the other teeth, the the, the healthy teeth. Yeah. So the last time I went to the dentist was around in eighth grade elementary, mm-hmm. and then I got anesthesia and they pulled out a teeth that was still there that was bad. Right. And that was the last time I saw the dentist. Right. And I was really freaked out because I knew I had to go to get my teeth fixed mm-hmm. and luckily I managed to uh, find a group on Facebook that's mm-hmm. called remineralizing your teeth yes you know and cure tooth decay right and then I started researching and reading about it there's also a book <clears throat> available that uh, explains the protocol and what you have to do in order to do it to, to fix your teeth and it took some time for me to start actually doing the things I should for, you know, um, the main thing, avoiding and cutting sugar out of your diet completely and using these ingredients in the toothpaste that will help to uh, heal the cavities and remineralize teeth. Right. So it took a bit to get started, but when I got started, I started to see some results pretty quickly 
Right. And it really encouraged me to go on and to perfect the toothpaste that I'm currently using. Uh huh. And it really acted as uh, a push to continue drinking bone broth every day and raw yeah. milk because it's part of the protocol. Right. And I am really happy to say that after around two months, I gotta say, I didn't stick to the uh, protocol, you know, as I should. Right. I did eat uh, sweet here and there, and I did eat, uh, you know, carbohydrates, right. you know, the wheats and so on and so forth that I shouldn't. Right. But even with that, I saw a big improvement. Right. And my cavities are slowly but surely healing. Uh, one uh, one two that had a minor cavity got healed and the rest are following. And I did take a before picture. Nice. Can you share those? Yes. Yes, I intend to do those. I will share them on the Nutrition Heretic page and uh, inside uh, in the, the inner circle. Yeah. yeah, in the group. And I will share it on my profile so people can see that it is possible. You know? Right, right. It will, yeah. it will take, I believe that it will take at least a half year to a year until it's fully done because it's not, you know, that bad, but it will take some time, uh, especially because yeah. I'm not adhering to the protocol as well as I should. Right. But well, you do the best you can, done, you know. Yeah, um, I do the best I can. Yeah, uh, Ramil Nagel, who wrote that book, uh, yeah, he's, uh, I've known about him for, for some time. And yeah, he's been espousing the same diet that I'm recommending to people, you know. <laughs> so it's good to see how they all, you know, kind of come together. I mean, he's going for yeah. a very specific thing. So, uh, you know, definitely more rigid. It, he's he's more rigid in a lot of different ways. We'll talk about that off off the air. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but um yeah, you know, he's he's definitely got his protocol and and you know, it works. He he started, I think it was like his daughter was 8, you know, and she had this horrible uh diagnosis from the dentist and they were like, that's ridiculous. She's only 8, you know, and that's when the, he started doing research and realized, "Hey, we're supposed to be eating all of these things." And and as for grains, um if I remember correctly, cuz I have the book, uh he doesn't recommend necessarily no grains, but he said he actually says that the um I, if I remember this correctly that the, you know, like phytic acid well, well, right. The phytic acid is the problem. And he says, you know, if you are going to have grains, you're better off having small amount of, you know, white bread, as long as it's not the mm. bleached kind. Um, yeah. But he's like, you know, you're better off with like white bread and white rice. And there's actually more and more evidence showing that that may be, at least for some people, you know, better. Uh, we know mm. that, you know, all of Asia, for example, eats white rice, uh, not saying that they have the best dental health in the world. Uh, but the phytic acid and the B vitamins are basically all that's fed to animals. And then we eat the animals and we get all the, the vitamins and mm. minerals through them as, as opposed to trying to extract it from what for humans is an indigestible substance. Mm. So it's, that's kind of an, an interesting take, uh, you know, particularly when it comes to, you know, bone and dental health. Yeah, for sure. And that's where the the nutrition also comes into play because if you don't take in 
yourself what you need, you won't have it. Right. You're just going to leach it from your organism and just feel weakened. And you're going to see the change when you uh, when you get cavities or if you have, you know, lower density, lower bone density, it's, it happened because you didn't feed yourself right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Nicola, thank you so much for talking with us. Um, yeah. you know, we, we've gone longer than we intended, as we knew as we would, <laughs> as we knew we would, because, you yeah. know, we get talking. Uh, but yeah, this is really enlightening. And uh, I hope it's going to be inspirational to all of you out there in podcast land. Uh, yeah, I hope so, too, because the, this is one of the reasons why I decided to, you know, come to the show and share my story because uh, I I always find that people that can, you know, motivate other people to do something should do it. Right. Uh, there are a lot of people that motivate people for the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah. And we need more people to do it for the right reasons because I also got motivated by other people. So in particular by you and your guests and uh, other people that have, you know, really given me hope that it is better to, uh, I mean, it's not, sorry, wrong word. It is possible to heal yourself without any antibiotics, without any uh, drugs, without any doctors for the most part, you know? Right, right. And it's, it's, it's an opportunity to do it because in my, you know, real life, so to say, uh, I don't shove it down people's throat. You yeah. know, I, I would be very happy if, if I could go and just share it with people. But I don't think that, you know, they are ready or willing to listen. Right. So when you get a chance to share what you know and what you've been through with other people, it's really, you know, it makes things a bit easier. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, I'm going to go have some bone broth. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> I've I, I have I've been using it in my cooking more than like just drinking it as a beverage. Mm -hmm. So and I have some chicken stock or bone broth, I should say, uh, sitting in my in my fridge. So I'm going to go have some of that. Uh, and again, thank you for being on the show. Uh, to everybody, if you want to join us in the inner circle, you can see those pictures. Uh, so look for Nutrition Heretic Inner Circle on Facebook. And also, if I might add, if anybody else uh, from uh, you listeners, I mean, from the people who listen, sorry, I, I think it just sounded a little bit, you know, yeah, you listeners, you know, yeah, you people who listen. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't mean to, you know, offend anybody. So uh, what I meant was if anybody who's listening has a similar story to share, I believe it would be, you know, a big thing to come and be a guest on the podcast. Because if I remember correctly, in the beginning, there were people from the inner circle and yeah. other that were, um, you know, guests before we all had these big names and hot shots on the, on the show. Right. Right. Yeah. There's definitely people in the, in the inner circle. Uh, you reminded me when you were talking about depression and anxiety, mm. uh, that I've had a number of, uh, women in particular who had various forms of depression that, you know, had been on multiple medications and mm. we worked on their diet and suddenly those episodes become, you know, less and less. 
they're getting off yeah. medications, uh, not only for, for the mental disorders, uh, but also, uh, for things like high blood pressure and, you know, diabetes and all of those things. And it really, it just goes to show that, uh, we can't take it for granted, you know, and, and nobody wants yeah. to be on a respirator or on drugs for the rest of their lives. I mean, maybe not nobody, but you know, <laughs> most of us, <laughs> most of us don't want that for ourselves and we yeah. definitely don't want it for our loved ones. So, yeah. uh, yeah. And I, I must add to that. I also, uh, beat depression. I'm saying it beat because I'm totally sure that this time it's, you know, for good. Right. Uh, and I have to say that it started with changing my diet with, with the nutrition. That was the trigger for that as well. Right. So you, you never know how far you will go if you just make that first step. Right. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And uh, we'll see you around the interwebs. Oh, yeah. All right. Ciao. Ciao, ciao, baby. Nutrition Heretic Podcast is a production of Savor the Journey, LLC. Our audio editor is Nikola Popovich. Our podcast manager is Crystal McLean. And our operations manager is Michelle Med. I'm your host, Adrian Hugh, the Nutrition Heretic. You can find us at the new and improved nutritionheretic.com, where you can download the Nutrition Heretic's free shit list of seven health foods to avoid like the plague. You can also listen to previous episodes at nutritionheretic.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to like us on social media for updates. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash nutritionheretic and on Twitter at NutriHeretic. Contact us with show ideas, questions, or if you want to be a guest. And don't forget to rate our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher.